This morning's reading is from Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. Jesus calms the storm. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was, in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, "'Teacher, don't you care if we drown?' He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, "'Quiet, be still.' Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, "'Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith?' They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Let me just pray before we uh, start. Father, we thank you for all that's been said and all that's been sung, all that's been experienced so far. Thank you that you're already on the move, you're already doing stuff, that Father, you're already here. And thank you that you're here by your spirit, that you are close, Lord, and closer still. We pray that you just take what little I have here and do something with it, we pray. Uh, for your namesake, for your glory, for transformation, that we would know you more and experience your love more. Just be with us, Father. Amen. Well, when I was a kid, um, I was brought up uh, in Sunday school singing this song with Jesus in the boat, you can smile at the storm. Ailey knows it. Smile at the storm. Smile with Jesus in the boat, you can smile at the storm. Anybody else sing that? Yes, Libby knows it too. It's not just me and my weird Sunday school upbringing. There was a song with Jesus in the boat, You Can Smile at the Storm. Now, as a kid, taking things literally, um, Mark's thinking we're maybe going to bring that back in. He's already kind of working on the sort of chord sequence. As a kid growing up, I was taking it literally like, wow, like these guys are smiling at the storm. Now, I've been in the storm like Dave. There's not much smiling. There's vomit and there's tears. There's not much smiling. When you're in a physical sea storm, there's not much smiling. But as a kid, I imagined the smile, if there was a smile, looked a bit like this guy. It's the sort of emoji where it's like, ah, yes, this is fun, isn't it? I'm having a good time. All is well with the world. And it's kind of like, ah. Now, the disciples wouldn't have been smiling in this way. They'd have been freaking out. And we're going to look at actually the context and what it might have looked like for them in the storm. It might not have been a smile. However, we've been brought up and we've been taught and we've been fed pictures and images over the years as artists and people have tried to articulate and visualize what that storm might look like and Jesus' role in that. And you don't have to go far if you click on Google and other search engines are available as well. But if you do a little search, Jesus in the storm, you're presented with a whole load of different images. You've got the famous one. We all know that one. We've got the Sunday school one. We all know that one. We've got the paint by numbers one. We've got the color me in one. We've got the almost finished one. We've got the storm. What storm one? You've got the Jesus, why are you sleeping one? And we'll come back to that one. We've got the wow, giant Jesus one. We've got the, Jesus, this isn't working one. And because of that, we've got the disciple overboard one. We've got the stained glass window one. We've got the, yeah, yeah, your storm is on fire one. 
you've got the high five Jesus one, and finally you've got the Titanic one, and we all know how that ended. <laughs> it went down. Sorry if you haven't seen Titanic. But we've been fed these images and pictures of what it might look like, what a storm might look like, and actually what Jesus' role in that storm might look like. And this is nothing new. If you read in the Old Testament, the Old Testament is full of images of Yahweh and, and, and Psalms of Yahweh, true God, being the God over the elements, being the God who can control the wind and he can tr- control the waves. Psalm 65, 89, 93, 107, all speak of a creator God who brings order to chaos and, and, and quietens down the raging sees. And here in this passage that we've just had read, Jesus is doing the same thing. Ultimately, Jesus is doing the same thing. It's part of revealing his identity, saying the same God who can bring order out of chaos, who can speak to the seas, who can calm the waves, who in all the Psalms and the songs that we have about the God that can calm them, I'm 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 that God. I can calm the seas and the waves, and I can speak to the waves and the elements too. I am Lord of all The context for this then, as we go in, the disciples may not be smiling a big cheesy grin. They're aware that Jesus is with them, but they are freaking out. They're freaking out. They're panicked. They're worried. These guys will be accustomed to boats, to fishing boats. They'll have known the Sea of Galilee, which was actually a lake. They will have known it. They'll have been familiar to them. They are pros in what they do, some of them being fishermen, yet in this moment they are so scared, they're so petrified, they're freaking out and they're desperately seeking Jesus. But they also would have known all these Old Testament images as well that would have been going around. In the book of Daniel, the book of Daniel talks about the sea being a place where there's monsters. And some of it is borrowed image, some of it is is influenced by uh, the the northern part of where they're at, so there's other beliefs, there's other um, traditions that talk about chaos monsters. Chaos monsters were things that lived in the seas, that raged against each other, that raged war, that you have to please, that you have to appease. So these seas were actually a place that traditionally and culturally for the other people in other religions that would have influenced them, they would have been thinking, wow, we are going to die. Like, what is this? What is this awful raging storm that is going on here? N.T. Wright talks about this in a quote. He says, The sea came to symbolize the dark power of evil, threatening to destroy God's good creation, God's people, and God's purposes. And maybe all them things, images from Daniel, chaos monsters, borrowed and and influences from the north, all these things of what is going on in the mind of the disciples as they're in the middle of this storm. They're freaking out. There's a whole backstory. It's not just a strong wind. It's a we are scared, like we don't know what is going to go on here. Our lives are in danger. And so we get to verse 38. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Don't you care if we drown? Teacher, don't you care? 
I always find this really fascinating, verse 38, because, you know, you see the detail of it. It's like, Jesus was asleep in the stern with his head on a cushion. It wasn't like, yeah, Jesus was taking a rest, or Jesus was having a little nap, or Jesus was too tired. He was resting. It was like, no, Jesus was asleep in the stern of the boat with his head on a fluffy cushion. (laughs) And that little detail, that cushion, it's like he's got his head on a cushion. He's resting. And I imagine it almost being like, oh, Jesus, are you comfy? Can I fluff your cushion up a little bit as you sleep with your head on it? You're asleep in the boat in the middle of the storm. His head is on a cushion. He's flat out. He's sleeping like a baby, although my experience... uh, doesn't make sense. Babies don't sleep that great, or ours did. (laughs) When the disciples are in danger, where is Jesus? Well, he's with them. He's with them. But let's be honest, he's sleeping. Like, he's asleep in the boat. He's with them. It's still happening, whether you believe in Jesus or not, whether you follow Jesus or not. The storms still happen. Life is messy. The storm's still happening. Jesus is with them, and his asleep. Rightly or wrongly, when we read this, I find that we draw a metaphor or we use it as an example and we liken it to our experience. Whilst this is unique to the disciples, they are in a boat. They're going from one side to the other and a storm hit them. And Jesus speaks to that storm. But we liken it to our situation, don't we? We think, oh yeah, yeah, I know what that's about. Because life is messy and we've been through storms. If we think about the pandemic, there was this phrase that was bantered around and used quite a lot, wasn't it? It's like, we're all in the same storm, but we're just in different boats. We experience these moments. We might have a little bit of a, a sound effect just to cue now while we just kind of run through some of the things that maybe go through our head and our hearts. So Mark, if it works, great. If not, don't worry about it. There you go, there's our storm as the waters rage. But we could say, Lord, we've been through a pandemic. Like, we're still feeling the effects of that pandemic. Where are you? Are you sleeping? Jesus, we're losing our job. We're losing our income. Jesus, we're changing a job. Jesus, we're moving on. Jesus, we're moving out. Jesus, our relationship's breaking down. Are you sleeping? Jesus, where are you? Jesus, energy rises, uh, 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 energy prices are rising, as is the waters. Lord Jesus, we're feeling swamped. Look, the ship is sinking on the economy. Jesus, where are you? Are you sleeping? Jesus, where are you? Jesus, in the middle of this. Jesus, I've got a relationship that I can't restore. Jesus, this person has been horrific to me. Jesus, I just can't get that job I want. Or Jesus, I just can't find the money I need to survive. Are you sleeping? Jesus, where are you? Jesus, where are you in the middle of all that's going on? Where are you? I'm here. I'm not phased. I'm not freaked out. I'm not scared. I'm sleeping. I'm at peace. I'm resting. See, for me, when I think about this, I conclude that Jesus being asleep in the boat isn't a sign that he doesn't care, but it's a sign that he's not phased frightened or shaken by the storm. We can cut the music now. How awesome that Jesus isn't freaked out, wobbled, phased, worried, scared when life gets rocky, when it all hits the fan, when you're not sure what to do. How amazing that Jesus is so at peace that he can sleep, that he can sleep and rest and be there because the Lord who created the water 
is in the boat. The one who created it all is in the boat. And if you imagine, Dave, you were in a storm there, and if uh, you had anybody on the boat who was, was part of the Coast Guard or was maybe a sailor or was actually the, the, the guy who was sailing the boat and there's experienced staff on there, maybe in the boat, if you imagine being in a storm, so it's okay, there's a doctor on board, or it's okay, there's, a, there's an expert swimmer, or there's a lifeguard, it's okay, it's fine, these people are in the boat. But they've got the, they've got the creator of all things, the one who can speak to the elements in that boat with them, in that situation. And no matter what we go through, no matter what we experience, we have Jesus there with us. The storm might rage on, Jesus is with us in it. And in this situation, Jesus speaks to the storm, and he speaks peace to the storm. But often I find that Jesus speaks peace to us in the storm that actually the waters that rage within our hearts, the storm that rages on in our heart gets quiet down, and we experience this peace that goes beyond understanding because Jesus is with us in the storm. God never said that it, life would be easy. God never said it would be easy. Jesus never said it would be easy, but he did say he'd be with us. He did say, I am with you. His name is Emmanuel, after all, it is God with us. How amazing that Jesus is with us. Psalms talk about the God being a very present help in times of trouble, very present help, that Jesus is with us in the boat, in the situation that we are in. And we sing these words, don't we? I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm, louder and louder. You're going to hear my praises roar. So biblical, by the way, so biblical. Often the Psalms start in the valley, and they're like, this is my situation, but I'm going to journey all the way up to the top. Oh, Lord, where are you? Lord, have you forsaken me? Have you walked out? Oh, Lord, my enemies are against me. Yet I will praise your name. Yet I will follow you. Yet I will love you. Yes, I will praise your name. And we lead ourselves into worship in the middle of the storm. We see Paul in prison. I'm in prison. I'm in a storm. This is horrific. And we find him worshiping in the middle of, you know, there's been times where I've been in church, this church or the churches and other places, and I'm feeling rubbish. I'm feeling rubbish. And I'm there in there. Like, I don't want to be here. I'm going through a whole lot of stuff. I'm processing stuff. I'm in a world of pain, and yet I'm here. And do you know what my hand does? It does that. And it might be, I, I kind of need rescue here, God. I need you to pull me up. But it's a way of saying, Lord, in the middle of the storm, I'm coming to you, Jesus. That's what the disciples did. I often wonder what the sort of ratio was. Was it all of them in the boat? Were they all freaked out? Was there one or two that's like, it's fine. Do you know who's asleep in our boat? Do you know who we've got on board? Do you know who's here? Or is it all of them? Or is it, is it just some of them? But whatever we're going through, like Jesus is with us in the storm. And they go to Jesus in the middle of it. A little later on, we're going to have a, create an environment of, of worship, and there's going to be an invitation to, to come to Jesus, to come and maybe just stand and say, I'm just going to stand, Jesus. Because for now, that's all I can do. I'm going to come to you. Physically, I'm going to come and stand in a space, and I'm going to say, Jesus, I'm, I'm, I've come to you. I'm, I'm here. Jesus, I've come to you in the middle of it, and I need you to speak peace to me. Speak to me about the situation. Sometimes it changes the situation. Sometimes it changes us in the situation. And let's be honest, sometimes the situation changes us. But sometimes we need people just to stand with us and say, look, you may be, you may be really struggling, but I've got this. I'm with you. I'm going to stand with you. I'm just going to lay a hand on you. I'm just going to bless what God's doing. I'm just going to be with you. 
I'm going to stand in that space for you. I'm going to carry, carry hope for you. I'm going to be there with you in the middle of it. Dave mentioned, he hasn't seen my slides, so I was grateful that he did this. Um, this wasn't preempted. I didn't pay Dave to talk about the uh, office. But it's been a privilege, actually, being a minister and being uh, at P's and G's to have a space where you can stand with people. There you go. This is January's picture. There's a clergy calendar that's coming out. Dave's is February with him in Croatia, the coffee. Libby's in London for March. But um, this is me uh, in front of the stained glass window. And I've chosen this picture because it really felt like we're all priests, aren't we? We're all priests. But it felt like a priestly thing. Like Aaron in the Old Testament had the 12 stones that he carried on his breastplate and he brought them 12 tribes before God, representing. He stood there in the presence of God before them. There's been moments where I've been able to carry and take a piece of broken glass. This is a, it was made from a stained glass window that's from Glasgow Cathedral, the leftover pieces. And as we flick through the pictures, you can see that all kinds of people from all walks of life we're able to come and say, this is the storm that I'm going through. This is the pain that I'm feeling at the moment. This is what's going on with this and with that. And this is what's in my head at the moment. And this is why I want to quit. And this is why I don't believe in God anymore. And this is why I need prayer. And they've been able to take a piece and just say, but you know what? I'm going to lay it down and I'm going to glue it down and stick it down there. And together we're going to pray over that. We're going to pray for that. And we're going to ask that God would speak peace to you in this moment, in this time. And God is going to be at work. God is going to do something. And he's going to use a whole range of people to bring about peace and help and restoration in the middle of it. See, God is with us. Dave said it. He's with us. He likes us. He loves us. He wants to bring peace to us in the middle of all that we're going through. And he wants to use us too in the middle of it. He wants to energize us, empower us by his spirit to stand alongside people and say, do you know what? I'm going to help you sing in the middle of the storm. I'm going to take you to Jesus. I'm going to, I'm going to pray with you and I'm going to be there. The disciples were scared. They didn't know what was going on, but they were scared for their life. They went to Jesus. They went to Jesus and Jesus wasn't freaked or scared. He was very much at peace Sometimes, though, we don't see that help. Sometimes we say, oh, God, you, you still haven't done anything about this. This has been, like, what, five years now? You've not done anything about this. Jesus, like, we're on my time now. Like, Jesus, it, nothing's happened. Nothing's changed. And, and, I, and I asked you to rescue me about that, but you haven't, really. And I'm still in this situation. And, and, and sometimes, and I see myself doing this, it's only in retrospect that you look back and you oh, my gosh, there was that there was this, there was him, there was her, there was this situation. Like you were present, you were there, I just didn't see it. We know the classic illustration, don't we, that's used often in a sermon. It's, it's an American one, and it's used uh, in regards to, to trying to think about people that may have helped you or that might be in your life. And it, as the story goes, it's just an illustration. It's not true. But it's a story of a man that was in a flood, and the water's arising, and he's, he's literally drowning. He's in there, and he's saying, God, help me. Where are you? Effectively, are you sleeping? God, where are you? Jesus, I'm drowning. Look at the flood. Jesus, come and rescue me. God, come and rescue me somebody hears his cry and they throw a life ring out to him and it goes right by him it's right in front of him he's like dude grab the ring grab the ring dude come on there's a ring in front of you and he's like go 
God, where are you? Are you sleeping? God, rescue me. Come and rescue me, God. And he says, no, it's fine. God's going to rescue me. God's going to rescue you. A boat comes along because he didn't get the ring. A boat comes right up. He's like, mate, just grab my hand. Grab my hand. I'm here. Just grab my hand. I'll pull you in. I'll pull you in. Like, God's going to rescue me. God's got this. God's going to rescue me. Don't worry. God, where are you? Are you sleeping? The boat goes and a helicopter comes. Helicopter comes right over. He's hovering over. The guy's dropped down on a rope now. And he's dangling. Mate, just give me your hand. I'll pull you in. Just give me your hand, mate. I can't do it, but can you just come? Just reach. Just reach out. I've got this. I'll bring you in. I'll pull you in. No, 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 no. God's got this. God's going to rescue me. It's fine. The guy dies. Goes to heaven. Goes up to God. God, where were you? God, where were you? Like, I was shouting out for you to rescue me. I was asking you to come and rescue me. And God's like, I sent a rope, I sent a life ring, I sent a boat, I sent, I sent a holly helicopter, all with his expectation that you would have taken the help. I wonder who we may be asked to help. I wonder now if there's someone in our head, in our heart, that's like, wow, my neighbor, my friend, my work colleague, they're in a world of pain, and, and maybe they need professional help maybe it's it's they need to go to the doctor maybe it's it's something else they need professional counseling or something but but maybe my role in this is a coffee for now maybe it's a, an offer of prayer it's an invitation round for dinner i wonder who it is that, that that might be shouting for help and i wonder who actually is around you are you in a situation where you've got stuck and you're like yeah well i'm in this storm this is the way it is and god you haven't done anything and might, might it be that God has put people around you in your life and they're wanting to help. They're wanting to take you to Jesus. They're wanting to bring you to Jesus. But actually, for whatever reason, you've just not taken that invitation. God likes us. He loves us. He's for us. He's fully aware of our situation. He's not void from it. He's not scared by it. The things of the kingdom of God can't be shaken. He's solid. He's good. He's good for his word. He's there with you. The disciples physically had Jesus, yeah? So he was physically there in body with them. And obviously, we have the Spirit of God. Now, this Holy Spirit is with us. And we have the Spirit of God in us. We have his word for guidance. And we have his church. And we have community. And we have friends. And we have Christians. We have whole lot of people around us they're there for us and God uses them as his hands and his feet in times of difficulty praise God for them people oh my gosh the people who speak life speak love who are kind who just go the extra mile who see you I knew a, um, I'm going off piece I knew a, a, a minister who quit being a minister and became a, a farmer for a bit which seemed a bit weird but he just sat on on a, a fence watching sheep for a lot of his time and his friends like what on earth are you doing you do nothing mate your work is easy <laughs> and he's like I'm not actually doing nothing I'm watching I'm, I'm seeing if there's any sheep that get caught on the brambles I'm seeing if there's any sheep that look sick I'm seeing if there's any sheep that are limping and when they pass me I run my finger down their spine and I just do a little health check see how they're doing how much is that like we are connect group leaders we're small group leaders we're people that look out for people and say I think they're struggling they haven't been at church for, for a while. They haven't turned up. They haven't been replying to my... I think they're struggling. Like, just watching them from afar, I think they're actually in, in a bit of distress. 
we've got that invitation to step in, to put our arms around, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Let me finish finally with a little legend of a story. It's just this legend that I've been brought up and heard. Um, I don't know if it's true or not, but it's just awesome. So the story goes that there's a, a married couple that moved out to a far out land to preach the gospel of Jesus. And um, they go out, they're all in, they have a team of people with them. They've got a retired minister, they've got an elderly lady and a team of people that really want to be there and just love, love upon the place and communicate Jesus. But it's in a, a difficult place, a persecuted place, a place they're actually they're in f- danger of their lives. And this one time, the husband goes out to preach the gospel and he doesn't come back. And the wife is kind of thinking, we should be back now, really. And where is he? And, and she's obviously really worried. And what had happened is the guy had gone and preached the, the, to, about Jesus and he'd been persecuted. And it actually, they'd, they'd taken his life. And this guy uh, was, was, was killed. And word got around, it spread, and they kind of got back to the wife. And obviously the wife is just distraught. She's like, why did we do this? Why have we come? Word got around to the elderly lady who ran to the house. She ran to the house and, and just, just picked up the lady and just held her, just held his new widow in her arms. And she just held her and wouldn't let her go. She wouldn't let her go. And she's just there and they're sobbing together. And she's like, I don't know why this has happened. I know it's difficult. It's awful. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. And she held her and she held her. Then the retired minister comes around. And he comes through the door, and then something changes. For, the, for the, the widow, for whatever reason, the retired minister symbolized something other. And anger started coming. She started saying, where, where, where is God now then? Where's God now? Like, we've moved out. We've done this. My husband's been taken. Where is God now? Is he sleeping? Like, where is God? Where's God in this situation? And the retired minister comes close. And he sees the elderly lady holding the widow. And they're sobbing. And he's sobbing. And what do you say in them situations? What do you do? This retired minister's just standing there thinking, God, help me. God, help me. Where are you, God? Where are you? And he's looking at this image, this symbol of the elderly lady holding the widow in her arms. And he said, God, where are you? God, where are you? And then the retired minister comes closer to two of them. And he places his hands on the elderly lady's arms that are holding the widow. And he says, God's here in these arms. God is here holding you now in these arms. That's where God is. That's all I can say. God is here now in these arms. Now, we have the privilege of walking alongside people, journeying with people, putting an arm around somebody maybe and just being with them. Don't underestimate what the Spirit of God is doing in and through you as you show kindness, as you show love, as you be Jesus effectively to people in whatever they're going through, highs and lows, highlands and heartaches. When you come close Don't underestimate the power of that and how amazing that could be. And don't forget that no matter what you're going through, Jesus sees it all. He's not phased. He's not scared. Through the storm, he is Lord and he is Lord of all. I invite the band just to come and just invite you guys just to stand if you're able.
Dave mentioned it earlier that we, we are a community. We are together. We are the family. The children are out. They're all part of the church. And we're for each other. We're with each other. We love one another. And at any given moment in this building, at at this time, we'll all be going through a whole lot of highs and lows. We'll have people that's on our heart that we're just like, oh, Lord, I'd love, love you to do something there with that person. I'd love to have the words to say. And in a moment, just as the band play, we'd love to give you that invitation for just somebody to stand next to you. They're not going to interview you. They're just going to stand with you in the middle of what you're going through. Maybe lay a hand on you and just pray that God would be with you in this. Maybe you're there thinking, oh, you know what, it's really tough at the moment. It's really difficult. It's uncertain times for me. And I would love just to stand and acknowledge that in that place, like the disciples did. The waves are crashing in. But I'm going to walk and make a physical step just to come towards Jesus. And I'm going to stand in a physical space and say, Jesus, I've come to you. Maybe for somebody else, you know that there's somebody that's really struggling at the moment. And you say, they're not here. They wouldn't maybe come to church, but I'm going to stand and I'm going to represent them anyway. And I'm going to say, Lord, I'm here representing that person that I know is going through a hard time. Bless them. You just want to stand in that space. And then finally, maybe you're saying, oh, Lord, I know that there's someone going through a difficulty. And, and, I, and I feel that you're asking me and inviting me into that space. And Lord, I, I'm asking for your power, your spirit, your wisdom, your kindness, your love just to be that person, to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the storm of whatever they're going through. So we will respond in worship. But I want to give you the invitation now. Now's the time just to come and stand. I'd love to stand with you and and just to lay a hand on you, just to pray with you. Libby's here, Joe's here, Dave's around. There's prayer ministry people just to stand and pray. So do the brave thing. Come and stand here if you'd love us just to pray with you. Maybe you have to nudge somebody out, but come and take a space here at the front and we will pray with you. Come, Lord Jesus.